And before I even read this tonight, I just want to I want to say something to you. You know, we talk about revival so frequently and how much we want it. The reality is there's not a one of us in here that could conjure up revival. We couldn't, we can't make revival happen in our own power, having a special meeting, having a preach, special preacher. We can have services that we label revival services, and they can be great meetings. But we can't make revival happen. God has to make the revival happen. It is the Spirit of God moving amongst His people. But I do believe that when we, His people, get serious about seeking His face, that we will start to see God move in a special way because the scriptures promise that that will be the case. And so I hope as, as we think on that thought tonight, I want us to read this text and see some thoughts from the word of God about seeking the face of God and how important it is. Let's start in chapter 27 of Psalms. In verse number 7, we'll read down through the end of the chapter. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I came home this afternoon. I really had no idea what I was going to preach tonight, and I was preparing my afternoon coffee pot. Roloff would not be happy, but I do that, Brother Bill. <laughs> and so Sunday afternoon, I'll get that coffee going, and as I was getting that prepared and ready, I was already starting to pray and meditate about where the Lord wanted me to be. And the Lord specifically brought this text to my mind. Specifically, verse number 8 was impressed on my mind. Now, you look at how David cries out here to God, starting these first two verses that we looked at tonight. I want to read those once again. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have, have mercy also upon me and answer me. And then verse 8 says, When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. That's a powerful thought. We could probably just think on that all week long and get a whole lot from it. You know, it's interesting to notice here that it was literally the Lord that initiated this in David's life, wasn't it? What does the Bible say here? It tells us, thou sayest, seek ye my face, right? You see, God made it evident. God spoke to brother David this need for him to seek God's face. And that's why we find him in this text. That's why we find him, why we see him here, crying out to God. Now listen, folks, I think God has made it abundantly clear to us, I could say specifically during this morning's service, he's made it clear to us as well what he desires for us, hasn't he? 
I think you could say that during our Sunday school hour and our morning service, the Lord was saying, Christian, wake up, revive your faith, seek ye my face, Christian. Seek ye my face. But notice also in our text that there had to be a response that was had, right? It was a response of the heart. And it says in our text, a response it's a response of David to this request from the Lord. The Lord said, seek ye my face. And David replies, my heart said, my heart said. That, that tells me we don't have to always talk verbally in our prayers, do we? Because David was talking to the Lord in his heart here, right? Amen. And so he replies, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Listen, folks, the Lord has been calling out to us as well, saying, please, Christians, Christians, won't you wake up? Won't you get serious about your faith? Amen. And really start seeking the Lord again. How will you respond? David's heart responded with, yes, Lord, thy face will I seek. Yes, Lord, thy face will I seek. What about you? You know, the choice is yours. Nobody's going to make you seek God. Look to him in prayer and have that type of relationship with him. What about you? Are you going to go through this Sunday like any other Sunday and go through this week like any other week? Or will you let something change this week? Will your heart respond like Brother David's in faith to the plea of God? And as we've heard God plead with us saying, please, Christian, won't you wake up? Won't you seek ye my face? Will your heart reply, yes, Lord, thy face will I seek? Will we choose to ignore the voice of God today and just go on our way? Like many other times. You know, I got to thinking about this as I was studying these verses and reading this text, and I wondered to myself, how many Christians through the ages missed out on seeing revival or missed out on, on really seeing God move mightily or do something great in their life? Because when God was speaking to them, when God was saying to them, seek ye my face, they turned away the shoulder. And they plugged their ears. The Bible talks about the children of Israel doing that. I believe it's either in Jeremiah or Isaiah talks about them doing that. And yet I think oftentimes Christians today can do that quite frequently too. Turn away the shoulder, plug the ears. And say, well, maybe, maybe at a better time. Maybe at a more convenient season. And so the opportunity passes them by and they miss out because... When the still small voice of God said, seek ye my face. He said, now's not a good time, God. How often do we do that? Makes me wonder how often we might miss out on what God wants for us because we choose to do that. Listen, folks, we need God. 
to do a work in this place. And it's not going to happen when we listen to the sermons, but don't allow them to have effect in our lives. God said, seek ye my face. David's reply was from the heart. Thy face will I see. Oh, may God help us. Not to say I'll put this off to a more convenient season. Listen, folks, I've learned this over the years that I've been in the ministry. I've done youth ministries before. I've done missions before. I'm pastoring here now. And I've learned through all the years. It's been about 20 years now I've been in the ministry. Okay? And that, that may seem a lot to you, but we started young. And I have seen that the devil will never, and your flesh, mind you, because they work hand in hand. The devil and the flesh will never give you a convenient season. He'll always make a reason for you to say, it's not convenient now, maybe later. And the next time God says, seek ye my face. And you say, not now, maybe later. Not now, maybe later. Not now, maybe later. And finally, you're old and gray. Your life is wasted. And it's not long before you fly away to be, be with God permanently, Christian. And you say, as the song did, I wish I'd done more. I wish I'd done more. <coughs> you know, it's real easy to push it aside and let let ourselves not be changed but God's speaking to us seek ye my face that's for you Christian it's not just for brother David it's not just for brother Daryl it's not just for the preacher of the church that is for you and if we want to see God move in this place we need to take this thing to heart amen As I was thinking about, boy, I'll tell you what, this is, this is vital, folks. This is necessary. If we want to see the reviving hand of God in our church, in our lives, in, in, our, in our country, if we want to see it at work, we need this. It's vital. As I was considering this, I was remembering the text that we often refer to for revivals. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. Probably many of you know this verse very, very well because we've used it frequently. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and what? Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and what? And I'll heal their land. Do you think our land needs some healing right now? Do you think our churches need some healing right now? Do you think our church, our, our families need some healing? Listen, our lives need some healing right now. And let me tell you, Christian, it's not going to happen if God's people won't listen to God's voice. When God says, seek ye my face, we've got to say, thy face will I seek. Are we not desirous for God's hand to heal our land and do a great work in our country, in our churches, our own personal life as well. Well, you know what, Christian? He's already told you what to do. Hasn't he made it clear? Seek ye my face. You can't conjure it up by programs and 
and, and functions and everything else you want to do, inviting in special preachers. You can't conjure it up that way. They can't make revival happen. They might be able to draw a crowd, but so does a rock concert. And there's nothing spiritual about that unless you're talking about demonic. We want to see revival. God's got to send it. And he says one of the prerequisites for us seeing that great work, that great revival, that healing in our land is that we, his people, decide to seek ye his face. So he's already told you what to do. It's really just a matter of when we will, like David, resolve in our hearts and our minds to genuinely take this to heart and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, this is serious. I'm not going to put this off anymore. I'm not going to push this aside anymore. I'm going to give this preeminence. I'm going to make this important in my life. Thy face will I seek. You see, folks, uh, the hand of God can heal our land. I believe that with all my heart. The hand of God, uh, let me tell you, it can revive us again. I am assured of that with full confidence and faith. That can happen. But the hand of God that can revive us again, the hand of God that can heal our, our land, think of this. The hand of God is moved when his people who are called by his name humble themselves and pray and say, Yes, Lord, thy face will I seek. Think about that. In a way, God's saying, you're the one that's going to move my hand. And you're not going to do it by programs and, and, and all the stuff that you can do. You're going to do it by that secret closet time that nobody else can see but you and me. Amen. Seeking my face. You know, David understood this truth, and so from his heart he cried out, Thy face, Lord, will I see. Thy face will I see. So tonight as we look at this text, I want us to see David's example of how he sought the face of God. And I hope that we'll learn from his example. Last week we looked at Jabez's prayer, great man of God that God used to do great things. Tonight we look at Brother David as he sets this example before us of seeking the face of God. The first thing that I see here tonight in our text, I see uh, five things I want us to consider tonight. First of all, I see that he sought the Lord to be revealed. Verse number nine says what? It says, hide not thy face far from me. Hide not thy face far from me. I'll tell you what, David, think about this. David desired to see a greater revelation of the Lord God in his life. Not, not a, a lesser revelation. He desired that the face of God would not be hid from him, but revealed to him as he came seeking unto his God. It reminds me a little bit of the desire of Moses. As he said in Exodus 33, 18, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. How many Christians have such a desire nowadays? <laughs> thy face will I seek. Show me thy glory. 
When was the last time you get alone with God and you said, God, I just want to know you more, God. I just want to really know who you are in a real and a passionate way like I've never known you before. I want you to be revealed to me. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. May we remember as we seek his face. Think about this now. We're not seeking a dead God with a dead list. But we are seeking a person, are we not? To know a person. A person named Jesus Christ. And we are coming to him, desiring to know him more. And to have him and, and all that he is be more revealed to us in our time of seeking. And so David says, hide, hide not thy face. Because in his seeking, he desired a greater view of who his God truly was. He didn't want a, a, a veiled figure. He didn't want a vague concept of God. He wanted to truly have the reality of his God real, revealed before his very eyes. He wanted to know Jesus and to know him more and more and more. Listen, friend, that won't come with petty praying. That comes with time alone with God when we really learn to seek the face of God. Not when we go through our dead prayer list. You know what? He's a person. You don't interact with your spouse that way, do you? Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Honey, give me this, this, and this, and this. <laughs> Probably didn't work too well for you either. <laughs> because that's not the way a relationship should be. A good spousal relationship between a husband and wife is that they want to learn to know each other more and more. Yeah. And become more and more one, one with another. Is that not the way that we, as the bride of Christ, ought to desire to be with our beloved Jesus Christ, who is our bridegroom? Yeah. To have such a relationship where we say, Jesus, I just want to see more of you revealed to me. To come to know you better and to come to know you more and who you are. And I want that revealed in my life, too. So we see here, first of all, he sought that the Lord might be more revealed in his life rather than him. Number two, he sought the Lord to be merciful. Verse nine, David also says here, put not thy servant away in anger. I was thinking about that and I thought to myself, what is David trying to say here? I, I think the reality of what he's saying is he was seeking the mercy of God. And listen, friend, as, as we by faith seek the face of our God, we too would be wise to approach him in this way and to say, Oh, oh God, oh Lord, don't, don't be angry with me. Don't be angry with me, God. But please be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, I know, I know what I am. I know I'm prone to fail. I know I'm prone to falter. I know I'm prone to miss the mark. But I ask, Lord, that despite my faults, despite my failures, 
I ask, Lord, that you would be merciful to me and that you would hear me and that you would answer me. And I believe if he could do it in David's life, he can do it in ours too. I want this. I, I want him to work with me in such a way, to work mightily in my life. And I think sometimes this attitude of humbleness, this attitude of brokenness coming before him. Lord, I recognize how awful I am, how often I make mistakes. And I recognize that I really don't deserve anything from you, God. But please, God, just be merciful to me. And please, God, just won't you do a work in my life? I'm seeking your face. And I know I don't deserve it. But please, God, won't you work in my life? I do want to see you work strong mightily in my life. In other words, Christian, as you seek him, remember who you are. You're just a sinner saved by grace, right? Remember who you are. And also remember who he is. A lot of folks cannot remember that. As Miss Linda said this morning, there's no fear of God in our country. Nobody remembers who God is. They have no respect, no reverence for God. But when we come to him seeking his face, we need to remember who we are. Just a sinner saved by grace. And we need to remember who he is. A righteous, holy, and perfect God that died on an old rugged cross and shed his perfect blood for you and for me that we could be saved. Amen. And so when we come to him seeking his face, come in that manner, remembering who you are and glorifying him and remembering him for who he is. Because although you don't deserve it, and we ought to recognize that before God, we know he's promised yet still to work mightily in his people's life as we turn to him and seek him with all our hearts. Just as we see him working mightily in David's despite the great faults that Brother David had in his life. So he sought for the Lord to be revealed. He also sought that the Lord would be merciful. Number three, I see that he sought the Lord to be near. Look with me if you would at verses 9 and 10. This is all personal, folks. We, we get so impersonal with prayer, don't we? So we just go down our list. That's, that's not a relationship, is it? This is all personal. God wants us to be personal. Seeking his face is personal. Let that, uh, let that just sink in to what we're digging into tonight that we might really realize this. This is personal. God wants it to be personal with us. So that might be a reality. And so we see here, thirdly, he sought the Lord to be near. Verse 9, he says in the middle of the verse, Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. David says, don't, don't leave me. Don't forsake me. And I trust that even when others, even my closest family members would forsake me, you, Lord, will take me up. I trust that. Listen, folks, clearly as David sought the face of God, he was desiring to be close to him. He was desiring to draw nigh to him. In Psalms 51, 11, as David was confessing and repenting of this great sin he had with Bathsheba, 
we find him also crying out in that text, cast me not away from thy presence. Clearly, as David sought the face of God, he was seeking closeness, closeness to his Lord. You know, in James chapter 4, verse 8, I've heard some great messages preached out of that verse. Brother James instructs us to do this as well. He says, draw nigh to God, and God will what? Draw nigh to you. So we ought to seek that nearness and to believe and trust that as we do, the Lord will grant it. Because you know what? God desires that as well. This isn't a one-sided relationship. The only time it's really one-sided is when he wants to draw nigh to us, but we don't want to draw nigh to him. Because he always wants it. He's just waiting. He's waiting for us to seek ye his face. And draw nigh to him so he can draw nigh to us. I remember at a conference we were, we were at when we did the youth group, one of the preachers they had that came preached on this verse. And, and he demonstrated it by having two children come up on the platform. And he said, you take one step closer to me. And the child took the step. And every time he did, he'd take a step. He took another step, he'd take another step. Until finally they were, they were close together. What he was illustrating is the, is the truth that was portrayed in that verse in, in James. That God said, draw nigh to me and what? I'll draw nigh to you. God wants this, but he doesn't force it upon us. So it's going to be the balls in our court and we've got to choose. Listen, what does he say to David? Seek ye my face. Won't you just seek me my face, David? Did he make David seek his face? Did he make David draw nigh to him? No. The ball was in David's court. And as soon as David got the ball, he said, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. And he was able to draw nigh to God. Listen, folks, this is what God wants to see in us. This is part of seeking his face. David sought the Lord because he desired to be near him, because he desired closeness. The reality is, if we're really not spending time with God in prayer or any real time, I'm, I'm not talking about the speed reading or uh, a tidbit here and a tidbit there. I'm talking about real time alone with God. The reality is we don't really care to be close to him. Good. And you know what we need it? We need it much more than we realize ourselves. We desperately need it. We cannot be the Christians we need to be without being close to God. We certainly cannot have revival without being close to God. But I'll tell you what, it makes everything better when we learn to just live in the close relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's not going to happen unless we learn to be much alone with Jesus. Seek ye my face. Draw nigh to me, Christian, that I might draw nigh to you. This is what God wants. It will help us. We can see God's hand move. But it's going to involve us responding to the call of God to seek his face and draw nigh to him. And the choice is ours. The ball is in your court, Christian. You're going to have to decide. Am I going to, am I going to listen to God here? Am I going to heed the call of his voice? Or am I going to just let it pass through one ear and out the other like any other Sunday? You know what? You're not going to see revival that way. You've got to take it to heart like David did. Did not his say that in, in our text, it says here in verse number eight, when he said, seek ye my face, he says what? 
my heart said, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I see. There was a decision made in his heart in that moment. And there's going to have to be a decision made in your heart if you're going to truly decide to be seeking the face of God. So notice we see three things here tonight. So far, he sought the Lord to be revealed. He wanted to know God more. He wanted to know God better. He didn't want anything hid from him. Secondly, he sought the Lord to be merciful. He recognized who he was, a sinful man, and who his God was, a holy, righteous, and perfect God. Thirdly, he sought to be, uh, the Lord to be near. He sought that closeness, that nearness with his Lord and Savior. Number four, he sought the Lord to be his teacher and his leader. These are all things we ought to be seeking God for in our time with him. Verse 11, read what it says. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. David says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Listen, folks, truly, we, we ought to, like David, realize that the Lord is our teacher. The Lord is our leader. Okay, the Bible describes him as our, as our heavenly father, as our bridegroom, as our shepherd. He's our teacher and our leader. And so as we seek his face, we ought to be seeking his instruction and his leadership in our lives as well. We ought not to pray like a bulldozer, right? Just plowing through all the list. Lord, bless this and bless this and bless this and help this and help this and touch that person and help that person. And Nothing personal about that at all, right? But many of us Christians can be prone to bulldozer praying, can we not? Just plow right on through. There, I did it. I'm a good Christian, right? We need to talk to him like he is that friend that's taken closer to him than a brother. Like he is that heavenly father that tenderly cares for his children. Like he is that bridegroom that sincerely cares about his bride-to-be. So we need not plow through our list, but we, as we seek his face and desire to know him more and to draw closer to him, we ought also to be seeking from him his leadership and his direction in our lives concerning what he wants us to do, what path he wants us to take, and how he wants us to live. Because listen, he's the teacher, right? Not you. He's the teacher, amen? We're the students. And when we come to him with this ready and yielded attitude like David, I'll tell you what, we can be sure that he will gladly, he will gladly lead us and guide us and instruct us in the way that we should go. I, I think that's, that's a surety. I think that the problem is sometimes we Christians, you know what we do? We don't stop to think what God might want to teach us. We don't still stop to think how God might want to guide us or how God might want to lead us. We just go ahead and do whatever comes to our mind at the first moment. Good. I feel like doing it this way. I am going to do what? Do it this way. Well, why don't you pray about it? 
Your body is not your own. You're what? That means you don't belong to yourself, right? Well, why don't you ask the one you belong to what you ought to do with your body? <laughs> kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I think we're prone to that. Our sense, that's our human nature. I'm going to just do what I want to do. But we're not our own. We're bought with a price. We need to be seeking his leadership and guidance in our life. And so when you seek his face from your heart, make it clear to the Lord that you are seeking his leadership and his guidance in your life. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, I've got this issue before me right now. I just, do you want me to do this? Do you not want me to do this? Is this something you want me to buy? Is this something you don't want me to buy? Would you want me to do this, Lord, the service for you? Or would you maybe want me to do something else? Is this the direction or the path you want me to take in life, God? Or would it be something else? You know, I think if you'd ask him, I think he'd give you direction, don't you? What teacher would want... Um, would not care to help a desirous, willing student. You think about that. You've got a good teacher, and uh, they have a, a child that comes and says, Teacher, teacher, can't you help me here? I really want to understand this. I want to know what I'm supposed to do here. Can you help me? What's that teacher going to do, Miss Linda? Help. That teacher's going to help. That teacher's going to impart some understanding because that teacher loves that student and wants them to learn. It could be applied very much the same way in our homes as well. God says the husband is to be the leader of the home, right? What, what husband, good husband anyways, his wife comes to him so sweetly and nicely and says, Husband, what should we do here? Boy, I really want you. You are the leader of the home. Boy, you are the man of the house, right? Guys are already feeling good when she starts saying that, you know. What should we do here? Can you tell me? Can you lead me? Can you show me the direction our family ought to go here? You know, when she exemplifies that submission that is godly, that is supposed to be seen in a godly woman and a godly wife, you know what it does in me? It makes me say, most definitely, I will make sure that we are led and guided in that way, that we are going to do what God wants us to do here. And you know what, I think if it's that way between a teacher and a student, between a husband and a wife, surely we can expect that we have a God in heaven that loves us in, with infinite love, an everlasting love, a love that's beyond our comprehension. The Bible says, what can separate us from the love of Christ? And so I know that when we come to him seeking his face, saying, Lord, please, won't you teach me? Won't you guide me? Won't you lead me in my life? What is he going to do, Christian? He's going to do it. When he doesn't do it, I can guarantee you the reason is because of you. And not because of God. Because he is ready and willing to lead you, to guide you, and to teach you. So long as you exemplify that submissive, yielded attitude to say, Lord, I want what you want. Please show me and it will be done. So we see here so far tonight four things. As David was seeking the face of his God. He sought the Lord to be revealed. He wanted to know him more. He sought the Lord to be merciful. He, he recognized that he was a sinner saved by grace. He recognized that he served an almighty and holy and perfect God. Thirdly, he sought the Lord to be near. He sought that closeness. 
Number four, he sought the Lord to be his teacher, his leader, his guide in his life. He wanted to do what God wanted him to do in his life. And number five, I see here that he sought the Lord to be his deliverer. Verse number 12, he says, Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Here he was seeking deliverance, was he not? He says, deliver me. He did not want to fall into the hand of his enemies. And so as David sought the face of his God, he clearly recognized that deliverance can be found in him alone. In fact, one of the names of our God is deliverer, is it not? So don't be afraid, Christian, as you seek the face of your God to cry out to him to deliver you. I do that when those trials come. Do that when those troubles come. Do that when those enemies in this life seem to have surrounded you. Because that's who he is. He is the deliverer. You know, I'm reminded of King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, 20, verse 12. And the Bible tells us that he was surrounded, surrounded by the enemy. And he too, he cried out for deliverance. He said, we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but what? But our eyes are upon thee. Our eyes are upon thee. He was seeking deliverance from God. And so also, Christian, as we seek his face, we need to recognize our complete inability to deliver ourselves out of our distresses and we need to make it abundantly clear to the Lord that we are looking for him, looking to him, uh, humbly seeking him that he might deliver us. Looking for that to happen in our lives. Listen, folks, we can't make it happen. We can't deliver ourselves. Hey, listen, you want deliverance in your family, in your country, in your life. You're going to have to get alone with God. You're going to have to look to Jesus, friend, because he's the deliverer. You're not going to deliver yourself. We as Americans have become so self-sufficient that we think we can do it on our own. And we can't. We are a sad state when we start thinking, I've got it made and I can do this all by myself. And because I've got money and I've got this and I've got that, I can deliver myself from my troubles. Let me tell you, that is, that is a false thing for us to believe in. There's one that can deliver you. His name is Jesus. And I'll tell you what, there's hope for America, and it's found in the name of Jesus. Because he is the deliverer. And although the enemies surround us, and although the enemies seek to devour us, and those that stand for biblical, uh, biblical principles in this country, listen, there is a God in heaven that we can seek unto, that is able with all power to deliver the believer. Amen. And I believe that he's still able. I believe if God's people would learn to seek his face again, then God would reach down his mighty hand from heaven and God would do a work in this place again. But it's going to take God's people getting serious about the things of God once again. We go through our apathy and we go through our sleepy Christianity. And our deadness, it's not going to happen. We've got to get to the place where we seek his face again. So David says, 
He sought the Lord to be his deliverer. We see five things here tonight. He sought the Lord to be revealed. He sought the Lord to be merciful. He sought the Lord to be near. He sought the Lord to be his teacher and his leader. He sought the Lord to be his deliverer. And now as David finishes up this section of the psalm about seeking the Lord's face, he gives us a final word of encouragement and instruction. In these last few verses, as we with him say, Thy Lord, faith, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Look what he says to us now in verse 13 and 14. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He says, Christian, don't faint. Don't give up. Just be of good courage. Be of heart. Just be patient and persistent, believer. And be willing to just wait on God. And he promises. Does he not promise here that he shall strengthen thine heart? Yeah. And we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So David's concluding and key advice about seeking the Lord's face is just don't stop seeking his face, Christian. That's where we go wrong. We stop seeking his face when we get to the place where our seeking of his face is not really that at all. It's just us going through dead religion and our list of prayer requests. You know what? It's easy for us to give up or to grow weary or grow faint and tired in the spiritual effort because it is a spiritual effort. And you know, the reality is we're in a spiritual warfare. When you look at what's happening in our country, you've got to realize we're... We're warring against principalities and powers and rulers of, of wickedness in high places. I mean, this is this is no ordinary thing. There, there, there is the powers of evil behind all of this that's happening. We're just seeing the outward manifestation of it. And if that's the case, I'll tell you what, this, this thing of prayer is even more important, Christian. And it is a spiritual effort. And it's easy to get tired. It's easy to get faint with all that we have going on in this life. But listen, we are called and we are needed to persistently, patiently be seeking him by faith. Remember the hand of God that can heal our land and the hand of God that can send, send revival and that can revive us again is moved when we, his people, seek his face. The Bible says here in verse 8, the Lord said to David, seek ye my face. I believe God is saying to the people of Victory Baptist Church today, morning and evening service, believers, won't you seek ye my face? How will you respond? Will you respond in kind like David who said, My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. As we stand to our feet tonight, heads bowed and eyes closed, the altar is open if the Lord spoken to your heart. I hope you'll come forward and pray and be obedient to God.
What about it, Christian? You want to see the hand of God move? You desire to see revival in this land? You desire to see God heal our land? But there's going to have to be a revival amongst God's people of seeking His face, and it's going to happen. We need God to do it. Will you come and pray about it tonight? Oh, I pray that God would help us to get serious about this, because we can't make revival happen. God's going to have to send it. And He's not going to send it until His people get serious once again about seeking His face. May the Lord help us.